You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. Welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. I am your co-host, Luke Poulos, and we have a great episode today with Dr. Nate Zinzer. Doxy is the director of the Performance Psychology Program at the United States Military Academy at West Point. It is the nation's gold standard curriculum for teaching and training the mental skills that underlie excellence in any human performance. He has been there since 1992, and previous to that, he taught sports psychology at East Stroudsburg University and in the University of Virginia's Continuing Education Division. He's a certified mental performance coach with the Association for Applied Sports Psychology and presents nationwide to university professional, athletic, and corporate groups. Today, we will cover multiple aspects of leadership and sports performance psychology. To include the five questions, Doxy asks every program and every player to begin their leadership development in his own curriculum. We will discuss the importance of communication within a program Uh, not only between coaches and their players, but between coaches and leaders and leaders and the subordinates and peers on their team. Doxy will give two prime examples of the different roles that team captains can play. And a constant theme throughout the conversation is the diverse roles that captains and not only captains, but other leaders within your teams can play and how you can empower those individuals as coaches. Uh, It was a great conversation to have with with Doc Z, and I hope you enjoyed as well. Doc Z, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us today. Uh, Luke, I am delighted to have this opportunity. Thanks so much for the chance to talk with you and share a little bit. Of course. Um, So diving right in, Doc, you've obviously had unbelievable experiences and success over the years with teams and players, not only at West Point, but across all sports at every level. And it has resulted in one of the most well-respected sports psychology and performance enhancement programs in the country. Um, I guess to start, what have, what have been some of the biggest changes you've seen in sports over the last few decades or even over uh, the last few recent years? Uh, some of the big changes in sports that I've seen um, is a real thrust toward analytics, a real thrust toward the utilization of uh, computer technology. We used to have to use clunky old VHS recorders to show game films and highlights, and now we can individualize and digitize all of that down to uh, very specific applications like Huddle, where a player like yourself can get a film breakdown right on on your own phone. Um, We weren't able to do that uh, 10, 12 years ago. So really just the enhancement of, like you said, the analytics and being able to break it down for individual players. Yeah, Uh, technology has really changed things um, as far as teaching 
a lot of mechanical skills, a lot of technical skills, a lot of tactical skills. Um, what hasn't changed is the need of players and leaders to really understand the human element in human performance. And technology really can't touch that. That's something that has to come from people. Yeah, that was that was kind of going to be my next question. If, if technology has has been able to make that transfer over to the leadership development or the leadership training aspect, but um, it sounds like that is that has stayed more of a, a personal skill and something that needs to be developed um, in a different way. So, what are what are some of the fundamental values and principles that you preach and stress as a performance coach and the sports psychology? department at West Point that encourage leadership on the teams you assist and the players you work with? Sure. Um, well, I'll repeat to you and for your listeners here, the five questions that I put to athletic teams and leadership groups uh, at the beginning of any year, at the beginning of any season, or at the beginning of any campaign. Uh, and question number one is, are you gaining confidence in yourself and in your team every day, no matter what is actually happening? No matter if perform, performing well, performing poorly, are you gaining confidence every day? Yes or no? That's question one. Question two, are you able to direct your senses and maintain focus on what is most important moment by moment? Can you do that? Yes or no? Third question, do you have all the energy you need to participate effectively and passionately all throughout the day, all throughout the evening? If in the case of a West Point cadet, you've got to do two or three hours of homework every night. Do you have all the energy you need? Yes or no? Fourth question, are you on a mission? Do you really have a sense of purpose? What are you here for? What do you know is important? And do you have a plan to get from where you are right now to where you really want to go? And the fifth question is, do you envision the success that you want for yourself and for your team? Do you actually see it in your imagination, hear it happening, feel at what you're going to feel when you're in that moment? Do you envision success before you step into some arena? Yes or no? So those are the topics that I work with and most people when they're honest will say no I can't answer all those questions with an unambiguous yes and that's where we begin to learn to do the drills that'll build the skills that'll take people to that level of confidence and focus and energy and sense of mission yeah I think that those five questions are great I always like them uh, when I was at West Point and you worked with a lacrosse team um, I think it really hits home one of the six tenets we preach at the captain's coach, um, that leadership is expression. Um, and you have to be able to express your your own level where you're starting at and where you want to go. And like you said, usually when you start with these teams or the players, they don't have a, an absolute confident yes to every single one. And I, and I think if you start from there and you're able to, uh, in like one of your questions, are you able to envision it? Um, are you getting enough energy? If you're able to express that and understand where you're lacking, I think you can really step off from there and really hone in on what you need to work on. Um, so, 
from, from that, I guess, uh, after those five questions and you kind of do your baseline analysis, is there an average protocol or curriculum that you put teams and players through to systematically develop leadership skills, not just the uh, skills and performance on the individual level, but uh, systematically for leadership skills? Well, I think leadership and performance uh, intersect significantly. Uh, the first person you have to be able to lead is, of course, yourself. And as a leader, you have to be able to build, protect, maintain, and uh, project confidence, focus, and composure. You have to have all those individual skills yourself because any gap in your confidence, any flicker in your focus, um, any moment where you as a leader seem to be losing your emotional control over the moment, that's going to be seen by the people that you're tasked to lead. So in answer to your question, is there a program that leads to leadership? Um, the answer is absolutely. It's, it starts with an understanding, studying your own moments of excellent performance in a leadership context, in a communication context, in a performance context. What have been the moments when you have really demonstrated how good you are at any of those behaviors? And then what are the obstacles that you occasionally experience to doing that on a continuous basis? And what we find typically is that even good leaders with the best of intention have the tendency and the habit of momentarily overanalyzing, overjudging, being caught up in too many what ifs, and that presents them from actually seeing a situation and reacting to a situation genuinely. So once we understand what some of those obstacles are to a pre-identified performance mindset, we will then specifically address those habits of worry, distraction, fatigue, and equip leaders with the skills to self-regulate. I know how I need to talk to myself so that I can be in the right kind of mood so that I can come across as genuine um, and helpful to all of my subordinates. That's a really quick answer to a very long question, Luke. <laughs> no, 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 that's great. So it sounds like in your, in your programs and the players and teams you work with, there's a lot of self-reflection. And, and what I gained from, from your explanation there was there's a lot of reflection on either good or bad past experiences and past instances of whether they did a good job or a poor job as a leader and then understanding what the situation was surrounding those instances and specifically for where they could have improved understanding what held them back and moving forward and developing skills to um, decrease the impact of those those uh, situations or those aspects that led to uh, the non-optimal outcome that they had. Very true. Um, so that's great. Going on, moving on. So outside of your own program and, and the things that you're able to implement at a systematic level, what have been two of the teams or a couple of the coaches 
that you see that continually display a high level of player leadership and player-led teams? And what do you think that they do or what do they do that allows their teams to have this advantage or what is it they do that promotes this player leadership within their programs? Mm -hmm. um, there are several teams here at West Point that I think do a, a, a darn good job of that. Uh, I know you've had Coach Al Barisi on uh, recent podcasts, so I won't go too much into that because, you know, Joe Al Barisi understands the mission of the academy, and he really looks at the uh, lacrosse competitive experience as a way of developing the total person, or as he puts it, the West Point man. Um, Army wrestling does a great job in terms of empowering the captains. Uh, this year, there are four of them, uh, three seniors and a junior. Um, and interestingly enough, only one of those four individuals is a starter on the team. The other three captains are all basically role players. They're not the best competitive uh, wrestlers on the team, but they are excellent in terms of providing um, guidance to young wrestler to younger wrestlers. They're really great at communicating and being organized and having everybody on the team know all the logistical details of the upcoming week, whether they have to travel um, and you know, one of these young men uh, who is not uh, even, I think, the number three uh, wrestler in his in his weight class, he is just fanatically dedicated to being, as he puts it, the passionate, grizzled veteran who can point the way for some of these younger people. And he's doing things like um, helping them uh, detail out their personal goal plans, He's even providing some narrations to personal goal plans as part of our uh, mental training process. And the coaches <coughs> are, have really empowered and have really given up a lot of control or influence to these young peer leaders. Um, I think the wrestling team does a good job of that. I believe our men's rugby team does a good job of that. Um, there are probably several others that I could mention, uh, but we'd run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's great. Just going to the Army Wrestling, uh, in my own experience as well, some of the greatest team captains I've ever had um, were guys, like you said, that weren't always the starters or the, the most skilled. Um, with the wrestling team, is there anything specifically that the coaching staff does to promote this or, as you said, empowers these, the veterans that may or may not be the, the, the star athletes, what, is it, what are some of the things they do that allows this? Is this meetings at the beginning of the year, meetings throughout the year? Um, just if you could provide insight into how they are able to promote this leadership. Constant communication throughout the year, uh, not just during the competitive season, but throughout the off season, uh, keeping, keeping the wrestlers the coaches are communicating with the captains and the captains are communicating with the wrestlers throughout the years. Uh, West Point wrestlers spend a considerable amount of uh, time during the summer months away from West Point. They don't even get on a mat because they're 
engaged in various military uh, training details, um, but there is a very tight web of communication going from the coaches during these months to the captains. The captains are, are in touch with the various wrestlers who may be uh, engaged in the air assault summer training. Mm -hmm. or they are taking a, uh, uh, an academic development exercise that takes them to the Pentagon or to a, a Walter Reed Army Hospital. Um, there's just a lot of communication about how guys are doing. And it's not, are you getting on a mat? Are you lifting a lot of weights? It's, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What are you learning? Are you feeling excited about your future? Uh, I think it's those kinds of more general communications and expressing that kind of interest in the player's overall development that is very crucial to tightening the bonds between uh, the captains and the rest of the team. Yeah, so it sounds like a little bit of it is inherent to kind of the, the West Point summers and the team being so spread out and not always being centralized, um, as other programs might have the, the ability to do that throughout the year. Um, but it also sounds like those coaches are, are really, really stressing the importance of, like you said, not just communication in terms of wrestling or the weight room, but also on a, on a personal level, really letting the captains be the liaisons of making sure everyone's doing all right. Um, because they almost, as the rising juniors and seniors know more what these guys are going through than, than the coaching staff or the, the programs themselves. Um, so it seems like that is a, is a great way to also create that buy-in to know that your team leaders, as well as your coaches and, and your staff in the program have a, have a complete buy-in to not only, your your skills on the mat or in the weight room or on the field but also on a personal level um how you're doing as a as a complete being kind of as you mentioned before coach a uh the holistic person as a west Point. thanks for listening to the captain's coach podcast with luke Poulos. if you liked what you just heard please give us a five-star review on itunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.